Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Taliban overtakes Kabul today, New York City tomorrow. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, you know, the, uh, the sleepy period of us just paying attention to COVID and forgetting about terrorists is over um, with what is happening in Afghanistan. Uh, just to give you a little a little uh, summary of how things are right now, as I am recording this on Sunday, uh, August 15th, the things are going so quickly that um, by the time you hear this, you know, some things might already, uh, certain, certain things are going to go further. Um, but, but what I want to talk to you about today is all what this means, you know, like a lot of people might think, oh, Afghanistan, you know, I don't even know where that is on a map. It's very far away. <laughs> Why should I really care? It's sad, you know, the people are being killed, but what does this have to do with me? Well, <laughs> a lot. Um, just to give you first a little update or a little summary of where we are. Um, the, the Taliban, has made its way in record time. You know, Biden thought it was going to take three months for the Taliban to uh, reach Kabul and to overtake Kabul. And they are in the process right now of overtaking Kabul as uh, the American embassy inhabitants flee, try to flee. Actually, there were 10,000, at least in some reports, they say there are 10,000 Americans or were in Afghanistan, and some of them have started to leave, but um, the ones in the embassy were still there. And um, Biden, you know, sent in extra troops, um, but it was too little, too late. So what I think you may uh, be hearing after this is the casualties, American casualties, um, from people people who were in the embassy and and in Kabul who weren't able to get out in time because of how quickly, shockingly quickly, the Taliban has overtaken it. So um, the United States flag is soon expected to be lowered on the embassy. Uh, I also have seen reports about how um, the ambassador and an American flag has just reached the airport one would, I don't know if there's more than one U.S. flag, one would certainly think so in the embassy, but um, the lowering of the flag, you know, it has a lot of symbolism and has a lot of psychological impact on us um, because it shows that essentially that this, this war was begun after 9-11 to um, attack Al-Qaeda, 
to um, a show that we weren't, which was being, who was being harbored in Afghanistan, Osama bin Laden, uh, was giving orders from there and so on. And so this was an attack to, um, to destroy Al-Qaeda uh, in Afghanistan and to say, we're not gonna sit back and let you uh, attack our cities for 9-11. But obviously, it's been 20 years since then, and a lot has happened since then. Um, and uh, the um, Trump, I mean, well, Trump began, uh, said that we were going to get out of Afghanistan. But believe me, there is no way that Trump would have gotten out of Afghanistan like this. If he, from the minute he would have seen that there, this was uh, more difficult than he might have foreseen, he would have sent in more troops right away. Or if it even got to that point, he would have realized before then that this was not the time to send in troops, to, to uh, leave, to, send, to pull out troops. In any case, Biden is blaming Trump, and Trump is, uh, you know, putting this uh, really um, slamming Biden for this this horrible um, ridiculous. I mean, it's like absurd what has happened, and absurdly sad. But anyhow, so when the when the United States flag flies over the embassy, that will signal the closure of the embassy, signal the the winning of the war on terror, in a sense, by the Taliban, and signal a great betrayal of all of the American and from other countries too, all of the allied forces that went into Afghanistan, who died, who, who um, got injured, whose families who, who suffered because they sacrificed. They were so excited to go in to protect America. After 9-11, there was all this fervor to protect America. And yes, we're, we're gonna, so many, it was like a, an, a flood to join the military because people wanted to protect America. And now this is the thanks that they get. So um, anyhow, so uh, Americans, the embassy, the, the allied forces are trying to leave Kabul before they are killed by the Taliban is what is in the process of happening right now. Um, they had, as I said, they had expected Kabul to hold out for three months and it is really not holding out probably not even for three days. Um, so they have, the Taliban has demanded that the Afghan government surrender, and they have not yet declared a ceasefire, the Taliban. Um, there were, as I said, 10,000 US citizens who are being evacuated from the city, but you are not gonna be able to get 10,000 Americans um, out in the amount of time it is taking for the Taliban to overrun the city. Now, to give you a little history uh, via my tweets that started on August 13th um, of what was happening and what my opinion was of the various things that were happening, starting on August 13th, I tweeted, Taliban's brutal takeover of Afghanistan isn't just bad for Afghans. It's first step to terror attacks in America. Time to stop chuckling at Biden's gaffes and admit it's encroaching dementia. He's lost the plot and is putting us in danger just in time for September 11th. Next uh, tweet, coming to a town near you in America. Taliban is closing in on Kabul in time for them to celebrate September 11th 
and continued jihad. Wondering why you must commemorate 20th anniversary of 9-11? Because he who forgets history is doomed to repeat it. Uh, next tweet, betrayal. Afghanistan burning, complete and hasty pullout is not only heartbreaking for those who sacrifice their lives to protect Americans after 9-11, it's sabotage. Obama parties and Biden sleeps while aware this means terrorists have won war on terror. Then this was uh, in the middle of the night last night, I, I tweeted, uh, they're here. Taliban enters Kabul, Biden scrambles to try to save Americans, brings troops back, but too little too late. American flag to be lowered on embassy to symbolize surrender. Biden blames Trump, but Trump never planned to pull out if meant this total disaster. And my latest tweet from this morning is, Terror alert for 9-11 20th anniversary. Afghanistan burning strengthens Al-Qaeda, ter the terrorists who brought you 9-11, and means more US attacks. But DHS calls you a potential terror th a threat if you oppose COVID mandates, support Trump, or commemorate September 11th. I'll get into that a little more. This, um, this uh, terror alert was put out by DHS. And I'll explain that at the end of today's show. Um, the, um, the US Embassy in Kabul was considered the nerve center of the war, the war on terror. So the fact that it is being gutted right now <laughs> means a lot more than the um, tangible things that are being gutted and the danger, of course, to all the pe people who were there. So um, they are preparing to lower the flag. As I said, <coughs> the, the US embassy in Kabul has been the intelligence hub for the America's war on terror for the last 20 years. And they've been able to monitor the Taliban and monitor Al Qaeda and prevent another 9-11 type attack. So the destruction of the US embassy as the nerve center, you know, the intelligence hub, <laughs> do you realize how, um, how vulnerable that then makes us to uh, a 9-11 type attack? So the people who are left in the embassy, or they've been doing this for um, a day or two at least, they've been shredding, burning, and pulverizing 20 years worth of intelligence. One might hope that they sent that, that they, uh, that they emailed it or sent it in some kind of encrypted or whatever. Um, yes, one would hope it was encrypted. Um, transmission to uh, the White House or the CIA or the FBI or somebody, the uh, DHS in America, um, and so that when they are burning and plundering these uh, intelligence, you know, the, what they've gathered, that it's not totally gone. But essentially, the end of this embassy, the end of this intelligence hub will bring the U.S. back to, could bring the U.S. back to pre-9-11 blindness. Um, 
also they're also uh, they're also destroying items that can be misused as propaganda. For example, the American flag, um, except for the one that they are going to be lowering, presumably. Um, but you know things that that uh, the Taliban could use for propaganda, the symbols, and. Um, And um, well, I'll, I'll get to the next part in the next segment. What I'm going to tell you about is besides besides how this is devastating to the security of America, I'm going to talk about some other reasons why the Taliban takeover matters to the world. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where things are happening incredibly fast in Kabul. Since I um, talked to you in the previous segment, the new headline is Taliban pose inside presidential palace in Kabul after Afghan leader flees country. Islamists demand transfer of power as thousands mass at Pakistan border in bid to escape. I'm sure Pakistan is thrilled with all this. <laughs> They're gonna have to take care of more people. Um, so they have pictures of the Taliban posing. I mean, this is really, really um, distressing. Uh, they have pictures of the of the Taliban, you know, in there with their guns and so on, um, sitting in the presidential palace, very proud that they have. And and the title is the Taliban says we own Kabul. Do you think there's going to be a headline? We own New York City. Hmm. Dum dum dum. Uh, all right, I try not to get too political in regard to Democrat versus Republican, but if, but I gotta say here, if Biden is allowed to remain as president when he has encroaching dementia, it is not beyond the possibility that the headline would be uh, that, that, that the Taliban would be saying, we own New York City and other parts of America as well. I'll leave that at that. So here are some reasons, more reasons why the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan should matter to the world and does matter. People need to sort of pay attention to it. So um, one reason more than what I've already been talking about is that um, Afghanistan is going to become a human rights problem. I mean, needless to say, the Taliban of today is not very much different from the Taliban of 20 years ago. If you've been seeing some of the pictures in the news of the horrible um, atrocities they've already been committing in Afghanistan as they marched um, to, uh, to Kabul, um, they have been there, they have been, um, executing people just you know on a whim they've been lashing women they've been shutting down schools they've been blowing up hospitals and other parts of the infrastructure um and they were known for denying education to women and cut and carrying out public executions of their opponents persecuting minorities etc etc um so then another reason is that we should be concerned is that a Taliban re regime could, could again become a safe haven 
for extremists. And that, of course, is going to be happening. You know, last in the last in my latest podcast before this one, I talked to you about how um, Al Qaeda had put out a, an issue of um, Inspire, which they hadn't done since 2017. And it was basically telling, calling on lone wolves to attack America. And, you know, now that we have the uh, fall of Kabul, the fall of Afghanistan, with Americans running out with their tail between their legs, I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> this is a public relations nightmare besides all the death and injury and, and destruction and everything else. For the U.S., it is a public relations nightmare because other countries are going to be seeing what we did with Kabul, what we did with Afghanistan after being there 20 years, and then we're running out with our tail between our legs. And what do you think they're going to think as far as if we come into their country to so-called protect them, try to help them against some foe, terrorists or other foes, um, do you think they're going to be able to rely on us? Do you think they're going to have confidence? Oh, the U.S. is here. America's going to save us. That was America's reputation, and that was what America did. But ever since Obama and now uh, Biden, who is basically Obama's puppet, that is not what America is doing. And this is the first big example of... Um, of what is happening, what they, the White House is letting happen to America, the fall of America. So it's, I mean, I, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe I shouldn't scare people or maybe I, and I certainly don't want to believe it myself, but we have to get, if we don't get, if we don't, if things don't change um, in terms of leadership, then that is where we're heading. You don't have to be uh, a, um, brain surgeon or a psychiatrist or the terrorist therapist to figure this one out. All right, so let me continue with some other things that are problems that this, uh, that the fall of Afghanistan is going to uh, create. Um, so as I was saying that, you know, these uh, um, Al-Qaeda um, is going to, um, you know, again, build up shop, set up shop, uh, or enlarge in their shop. Um, and, and the um, U.S. Secretary of Defense, former U.S. Secretary of Defense, Leon Panetta, has said, the Taliban are terrorists and they're going to support terrorists. If they take control of Afghanistan, he said this before today, there is no question in my mind that they will provide a safe haven for Al-Qaeda, for ISIS, and for terrorism in general. And that constitutes, frankly, a national security threat to the United States. Another problem with the uh, overthrow of Afghanistan, the Taliban, the Taliban ruling Afghanistan would, will cause, um, it might destabilize Pakistan because um, Pakistan's, Pakistan, um, also has terrorists, of course. <laughs> I mean, they have a Taliban. It's called the Taliban in Afghanistan. We haven't really, I mean, the Taliban, the Pak, let's start this again. In Pakistan, they have a Taliban themselves, and it's called the Pakistani Taliban. And um, 
if there is a ta Taliban government in Afghanistan, which apparently now there is, certainly that is going to embolden the Pakistani Taliban. And then that is going to make them um, more vulnerable, the Pakistanis more vulnerable to India. Um, and India has been more of an ally to the US and Pakistan was sort of trying to um, claim that they were, um, that they were, you know, weren't really terrorists or they weren't really supporting terrorists, but, you know, obviously um, they were supporting the Taliban that while they were trying to tell America that, that they weren't, you know, they were, they were trying to pretend that they are our ally. Um, another problem that uh, I don't, if Biden thought about this, um, he wouldn't have thought that this was a problem, okay? And that is that China has been slowly but surely gaining a um, threshold in um, Afghanistan. Um, they have been, well, first of all, Afghanistan, the, the Taliban's um, leadership has been going, trying to get, find allies abroad. You know, the European Union and America um, have said, oh, we're not going to be your friends anymore. Um, but so they are looking for new friends. And one of their biggest new friends that they have been courting, and, and it's actually mutually beneficial, is China. Because China want, they China has been promising them they're going to put money into Afghanistan, lots of money. But really, of course, what they want, besides to, to have a foothold there, you know, to take over another part of the world, um, is to take their mineral deposits and their very, their, their natural resources. Um, so let me, um, and then, oh, well, let's see how, how much time. I don't know whether I should, well, let me talk a little bit more in this segment, because I'll talk to you now, <coughs> excuse me, about about the problems for Afghans. I mean, you know, obviously Afghans are being slaughtered, you know, since, uh, since the beginning of this um, stampede across Afghanistan, um, Afghans have been slaughtered and injured and everything burned up uh, along the way to Kabul. And um, there, so things that will be coming from this, besides the the damage, the physical damage, you know, to people and things, um, the, their democracy—that's the end of their democracy. That's the end of their economic gains. Their um, that's more jobs and homes and lives. Of course, as I was saying, will be lost. Ethnic minorities are going to be more. Um, are going to be more, you know, uh, in peril than ever. Drug networks will expand, you know, here we have the poppies. <laughs> uh, and um, refugees are going to be trying to get out all over the place. Um, so the progress that the U.S. has brought to Afghanistan in 20 years with about $2 trillion, that's how much the U.S. has spent in Afghanistan over these 20 years. It's going to be obliterated in weeks. And of course, also um, for women and girls, the threat, you know, they're already, the uh, Taliban has already been, as they've been going through the different villages, they have been um, collecting women, girls, as young as 12, to be their brides, their slaves, their sex slaves. 
So um, those are some more things to consider when you're hearing about what is happening in Afghanistan. When we come back, I will talk to you more about uh, the politics of uh, what this means. And in regard to the Trump-Biden, um, you know, blaming each other, and also in regard to the shocking DHS focus, not on terrorists, real terrorists, but on us. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about Taliban overtakes Kabul today, New York City tomorrow. And now we're going to talk about the politics. Um, Biden has not wasted any time. Do you know, by the way, <laughs> but while this this was not um, this was not a total surprise what happened over this weekend. Um, and what did Biden do? You know, you would think he would be um, at the White House or at the Pentagon or somewhere having a um, in the midst of a national security meeting with all of his top advisors. Now, unless his top advisors, which is possible, but unlikely, unless his top advisors, and yes, we have Zoom and he could be anywhere and he could be talking to them via Zoom, I get that. But um, he went, he left for the weekend. I think he went to his Delaware home. I mean, did you, did you see the um, shots of him leaving for the weekend? I mean, like, like what, this is a holiday weekend? Um, Afghan is burning and he's going off for a holiday to uh, get out of Washington? I mean, like, uh, anyway, so he is trying to um, blame this whole thing on Trump. No big surprise. And this is what Trump is saying. Um, he said this on, on Saturday, yesterday. He's Trump said, uh, talking about Biden. He ran out of Afghanistan instead of following the plan our administration left for him plan that protected our people and our property and ensured the Taliban would never dream of taking our embassy or providing a base for new attacks against America. The withdrawal would be guided by facts on the ground. After I took out ISIS, I established a credible deterrent. That deterrent is now gone. The Taliban no longer has fear or respect for America or America's power. That is so, so uh, true. Um, I mean, that says it all. And, um, you know, Biden, when he came in, was, was determined to um, turn around everything that Trump put into place, whether it had to do with immigration or had to do with, um, you know, uh, education and CRT and, um, you know, the, the trying to, I, I don't mean, I don't want to make, don't want to uh, be misunderstood. I don't mean that Trump put in CRT. I mean, they were more aware of it and trying to, uh, trying to keep it down or do something to stop it. But various things, um, particularly the immigration, which, but of course, there was a new announcement, I think on Friday, that um, a, a, a judge, a federal judge um, ruled that the Biden administration could not, um, that it was not constitutional that he put, that he took away uh, part of Trump's immigration um, plan, the, uh, what was it? The stay, stay in Mexico or um, 
words to that effect. I haven't, I didn't, but in any case, finally, somebody took a stand, a judge took a stand. Um, and the way, and because the way that Biden did it was not constitutional. And so uh, that was what it had to do with was the people who came from other countries who came into Mexico and then crossed the border between Mexico and America. Um, there was a plan that Trump put in and that was successful <laughs> along with his border wall. Um, and that they had to wait in in Mexico or words to that effect they couldn't they, they had to if they wanted to apply for asylum they had to do it while they were still waiting in Mexico not crossing the border willy-nilly and of course bringing COVID into America into all American states um, pretty much uh, the immigrants are coming in who are COVID positive and spreading it all around America while we are being asked to take another vaccine, the booster. I won't digress into that because <laughs> I won't digress. But let's stay with uh, ISIS and Afghanistan. And now Trump had said that he wanted all U.S. troops out of Afghanistan by May 1st. And, um, but he, as, as he as the quote that I just read to you, he would never have done it. He, he said, the withdrawal would be guided by facts on the ground. So in other words, he put May first as a target to withdraw the troops. But if he would have seen before May 1st that the Taliban was gaining strength and planning to uh, uh, rampage across the country and that they had the ability to do that, do you think he would have continued to withdraw troops? No, he would have sent troops back when there was still time to prevent what has happened now. Um, let me see. So, and, and Biden, this is another thing. Um, Biden picked 9-11, the anniversary of 9-11 this year, as the date that, that he wanted to have all troops out. So he was so in love with the fact that, you know, this, this would be so, uh, like for the history books, it would be so um, perfect to say that uh, previous presidents got us into this war, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Biden got us out to the day, 20 years later, he got us out on 9-11 to celebrate, you know, as a, as a uh, I don't know if you should say, well, well, to celebrate his victory, so to speak that he he ended and and he <laughs> I mean I guess the idea was that he ended it and but without this mess um and Trump said further this this is complete failure through weakness incompetence and total strategic incoherence what a disgrace it will be when the Taliban raises their flag over America's embassy in Kabul Think about that when the Taliban raises their flag over America's embassy in Kabul, that just um, is a chilling and heartbreaking sight to imagine and to see, as we will be soon seeing it. Um, especially for all the people who gave their lives, but not just that, it's for all Americans and for Americans who. Um, um, you know, for as, as this, as the 20th anniversary of 9-11 approaches and, um, things are being canceled right and left under the guise of it being, um, dangerous because of COVID, which is, you know, BS, um, 
And now, in fact, the uh, museum has um, said that they are only going to have, you know, the name reading that has gotten smaller and smaller. Uh, and last year, almost they threatened to not have it last year, but they had sort of a scaled down version of it. And this year, they're having a scaled down version. Also, um, the it, it's only going to be for the families of the people who died in the Twin Towers. It's not going to be for any of the um, the people who have died uh, because they were, you know, they were the first responders. Um, at Ground Zero, or they were the people who, um, you know, looked for, um, tried to find uh, bodies and so on. All the people who worked on on the on Ground Zero, um, who would, who have now who have gotten sick from mostly from cancer and died, they are not letting their families um, read names. I mean, this is just this is a, a, tra a atrocious and and a tragedy and. A travesty. Um, okay, so now what I wanted to say also tell you about this is the, the Department of Homeland Security, um, which is just a joke at this point, uh, because they, you know, they are pretending to be the Department of Homeland Security. Keystone cops ruled by the Biden Obama White House. And as I have said many times, Obama was the president who was the least, um, he made America the most vulnerable to terrorists. He was the least, he protected us the least from terrorists. And um, whether you believe that that had to do with his Muslim roots um, or not, I certainly do as a psychiatrist, the things that you put into your head when you're a child are more powerful than anything you put into your head after. And certainly I am not saying that all Muslims are terrorists or all terrorists are Muslims, but in Obama's case, those teachings that he learned in the madrasa and the fact that his father was um, born a Muslim, his stepfather was raised a Muslim, and he was trained in um, radical uh, ideology in the madrasas in Indonesia. Of course, he disputes all of this and denies that he's a Muslim. Um, so the DHS has put um, out a, a uh, they issued an alert and they have, it's, they have like a sign um, that it, it says it has the seal of the Department of Homeland Security in one corner. And then it says on the top, potential terror threats, potential terror threats. And it lists three things. One, opposition to COVID measures. So if you oppose the COVID mandates, you are a terrorist. Two, claims of election fraud, belief Trump can be reinstated. If you voted for Trump or still support him or think that there was, even if you didn't vote for Trump, but you think there was election fraud, you are a terrorist. And the DHS is paying much more attention to you than the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or ISIS as they are storming across um, Afghanistan as I speak, headed to America. Uh, and number three of potential terror threats, it says 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays. Now you can interpret that in more than one way. You can interpret it as if um, the anniversary of 9-11 and re certain religious holidays would be targets for radical Islamist terrorists, 
or if you celebrate, you commemorate the 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays, then you are a terrorist. That would seem to go along with the top two, and that is how I interpret it, because there is a faction in the White House and in law, too many parts of the government, many parts of the government who don't want us to celebrate. I, I keep saying celebrate, I mean memorialize. I mean, there's nothing to celebrate in terms of 9-11, but to memorialize 9-11, because those who forget history are doomed to repeat it and many other reasons. Um, so I really think that they, they have sort of, um, it was like a Freudian slip. They sort of let their real intentions show. They don't want us remembering history because then we will want more, um, more protection against terrorists. And there are some in the White House and in the government who don't want that. Now, you might, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. theorist. Um, I, I, it's not just me who's saying this. It is people who have spent even more years um, studying and analyzing uh, terrorism and the threat of terrorism than I have. I've been doing it since 9-11, but there are people who have been doing it even longer. And this is what they and have said, that there are, are terrorists, are terrorist supporters within all factions of our government, led, of course, by um, Obama. Well, I'm sorry to have to uh, bring you this news. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of times um, when I do do the podcast, you know, I try to, I look for what is the top, the hottest news in terror for the week. This week, I did not have to look very far. So um, I'm not trying to scare you, but what I'm always doing is trying to get people to recognize that they have to build their own resilience, psychological and physical resilience. And certainly this is a wake up call to do that. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.